Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You're listening to the Fly the W670 podcast. I am Dustin Rhodes, executive producer of the Mully and Haw Show. We are live from 5.30 until 10, Monday through Friday, on the official home of your favorite team, the Chicago Cubs, on 670 The Score. And as always, I'm joined by my buddy Crowley. Crowley, good morning. How are you? I am in pain. But you can follow me at Crowley's Cubs on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fly the W670. Facebook at Fly the W and uh, our email account, Fly the W670 at gmail.com. So we've reached uh, episode number 21, Crowley, in season one, and we're calling this one uh, Trade Deadline Confusion. What exactly, what are we calling this one again? How, how, did, how did you describe it for us? A Trade Deadline Stunner. Stunner. Stunner is a great word for it, Crowley. It was a stunner. We're going to get into that in segment two of the podcast, but uh, maybe not a stunner to all listening, but uh, disappointment for sure as the Cubs unable to fly a W in boring old St. Louis after they were swept by the Cardinals. So let's, uh, let's take the listeners through it. Game one did happen. Uh, last time we talked, that game was on Thursday, I believe, right? No, what day, what day of the week? I'm in Canada, Crowley, so my days are, my days are all screwed up. So today is actually, hold on. So today is Friday. They played two games on Thursday. They didn't play Wednesday. So game one of this thing was on Tuesday on trade deadline day. That was game one of Cubs Cardinals down in boring old St. Louis. Yeah, we talked about how we wanted Keegan Thompson to have a good start. Unfortunately, he didn't. He faced off against the wily old veteran Adam Wainwright, who just does what he does. Uh, nothing going on until the bottom of the third. Tommy Edmund singles. Dylan Carlson pops out. Nolan Gorman hits a ground rule double to left center. So you got runners at second and third for Paul Goldschmidt. Never a good situation. He has a single up the middle and the Cubs are down to nothing. You get to the bottom of the fifth. Tommy Edmond walks. Dylan Carlson homers. So now the Cubs are down for nothing. Nolan Gorman will ground out. Paul Goldschmidt homers. So that's five nothing. Uh, Arenado single, singles. Paul DeYoung lines out to second. Lars Newtbar singles, Arenado gets to second, and then Michael Rucker will replace Keegan, and his day is done. But those five runs are charged to uh, Keegan. Yep, you couldn't blame the defense uh, behind him on that one. The other question I have, Crowley, in, in two times, not once but twice in your early descriptions of how the Cardinals got their runs, the, the common theme, of course, was Paul Goldschmidt, and then Paul Goldschmidt, and then Paul Gold. Like, at some point, like, do you have to pitch to that guy? Is he's he's to the point as far as a cub killer? You just want to be like, here, here's four, 
just go take your base, go stand over there. Um, I know that we both have agreed that we want to see the young guys learn something, but do they also need to learn that they're going to get their brains beat in continually by <laughs> Paul Goldschmidt? Um, you know, that, that's just the, eh, I, eh. I hear what you're saying, but we now know that these games are absolutely meaningless. So just let them pitch, let them learn the hard way. I think would be the way to go with it. Like if you're sitting there and you're telling me we're about four games out of a wild card spot. Yeah. You better walk that guy and you can't stand, you can't lose. It doesn't matter anymore. It's all about development. So let them pitch. Yeah. But as you said, you were hurting this morning, Crowley. And uh, I was hurting as a Cub <laughs> fan after Paul Goldschmidt took his bat out and beat the Cubs upside the head with it all, all, all week long so far. Yeah. All right, so we, yeah, we've with got that, with uh, the bullpen. One, the bullpen's in the game. <laughs> with this one right here, though, you know, at the bottom of the seventh, Nolan Arenado homers off Anderson Espinosa, who was called up. So that's how it finishes, six nothing. But Keegan Thompson was four point two innings pitched, ten hits, gave up five runs, two walks, one K only, and two home runs. Uh, the Cubs only had seven hits, nine total bases, seven left on base, so they couldn't bring anyone home. 0 for 2 with runners in scoring position. Good news is Wilson Contreras, who is a Cub, uh, went 1 for 2 with the triple. Jan Gomes had a good game, 2 for 3. On the flip side, the ageless wonder Adam Wainwright went 7 innings pitch, 6 hits, 0 runs, 4 Ks. Cardinals had 11 hits, 21 total bases, 5 left on base. The runners in scoring position, 1 for 4. But, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter when you're hitting homers. You had Goldschmidt, Arenado. Uh, Carlson hitting homers and then Goldschmidt two for three with three RBIs. Just ridiculous. Lars Newtbar had a big series three for three with a walk. Got to love that name. Lars Newtbar. But, uh, one of the stats Crowley reading the game recap the next day is that I found amazing. And it, it kind of ties into Wilson Contreras is that, uh, Wainwright and Molina became the second longest tenured battery mates in MLB history. They've, they've had more games together than any other combo, except somebody up in Detroit with the Tigers back way before probably anybody even listening to this was even born or paying attention. Um, so I found that stat very, very interesting. How many times those two guys have uh, gotten together for the Cardinals in a uh, battery duel. Well, it's interesting too, in the fact that this is the odd years last year and you could tell, I mean, he's kind of, he's not the same hitter. He's definitely not the same defensively, which was always his huge values. He can still call a good game, but you know that this is it for, uh, Yadier Molina, but Wainwright just keeps going, man. You just wonder how much longer this guy can keep doing this. Right. Pretty, pretty amazing. And it looks like the Cardinals are uh, on their way to a uh, postseason as they're closing in on the uh, top spot. In that division, you're probably going to have to win this division in order to get to the postseason, even with the added uh, wild card team. So that took us, that was Tuesday. So that was the uh, trade deadline day. We're going to get into the trade deadline much more specifically in the second segment of the podcast. So we get to Wednesday and we've got a little weather issue down in St. Louis and uh, we had a washout. Yeah, I feel bad for all those Cub fans stuck in St. Louis with nothing to do. So we get to a doubleheader. Let's play two. This was deja vu. These both games were just eerily bad. And, uh, you know, they got swept in the doubleheader, which led to a sweep in the series. You know, you, you sit there and we talked about Marcus Stroman and, and game two saw Stroman versus Miles Michaelis. And in all in all, you know, Stroman pitched a really good game, but, you know, it wasn't enough. In the top of the first, Wilson Contreras 
You think he's feeling good about staying with the Cubs? He hits a home run 407 feet to center, and you just saw in the body language and his expression and, and the production on the field, the guy's had his back in it. Yeah, that was a wonderful thing to see, and that home run would stick for quite a while. Was uh, had the game up on my app all the way up here in Canada, was listening to Pat and Ron and Zach on that one, and uh, looked like uh, looked like the Cubs were in good shape because Marcus Stroman was dealing and uh, had his mechanics and was trusting everything he was throwing. Yeah, yeah, get to the top of the six, and Wilson doubles, uh, and then uh, Hap strikes out, but Seiya Suzuki singles. The Cubs are up 2 nothing. Nico singles, you got runners at the corners, and that was a good thing. You saw Nico kind of start to break out of that awful slump he had in San Francisco. Wisdom hit a sack fly, good at bat. So the Cubs lead 3-0. They're doing everything right. As you said, uh, Stroman is dealing. You know, they're, they're, they were making contact to get that runner in to get, you know, add an extra run. But then you get to the top of the seventh. With one out, Bodie singles, Rafael Ortega singles. You got Cubs at the corner with one out, and Miles Michaelis is pulled. It wasn't Michaelis' best game. Cubs did pretty decent against him. Wilson grounds right back to the pitcher. Bodie with the old contact play out at home. Ortega to third, Wilson to second for Ian Happ. A single brings in two more runs. He grounds out to end the threat. And so in the bottom of the seventh, like you said, Marcus Stroman at this point was cruising. The Cardinals only had two hits, both of them from Brendan Donovan. Not Goldschmidt, not Arenado, nobody. Brendan Donovan. All right, so you're looking good, but Nolan Gorman leads off the inning, home run. Cubs lead three to nothing. And, you know, I know David Ross uh, probably said, we, and you and I have talked, we wanted to see Stroman go deeper into games. This is the deepest he's gone. Um, but, you know, it's a hot day, and, and, all of his, and, and he was cramping up. He, he had the trainer come out, I want to say, in the fourth or fifth. And so I was just shocked that nobody was up in the bullpen. Not, not saying you got to be like, you know, hurrying it up, but not having, you know, get someone a little bit to toss some, you know, get warmed up a little bit. Um, right. but, the only thing I could figure in that situation, Crawley, was that it, the, the doubleheader part, right? That was maybe the only reason why. But still, um, you got the expanded roster, so you brought up another pitcher for the game. Um, I agree. I, I think that was that, that's something that you could definitely second-guess David Ross on. So Nolan Gorman leads off the inning with the home run. The Cubs lead is three to one. The next batter, Paul Goldschmidt homers, and now it's three to two. Oh God. Paul Goldschmidt. Right. And and I don't know what would have happened, but but after that, Nar Nolan Arenado doubles. DeYoung flies out. So Arenado tags up, goes to third. Lars Newtbar again, uh, a sack fly, and the game is tied at three. So it was just all of a sudden things are going great, and the bottom falls out. Yeah, I knew at that point. I knew when it was three three that the Cubs had no chance. I, I knew that that was the the end. The end of that did not have any confidence whatsoever that the Cubs would end up uh, pulling that one out. And uh, Crowley, they didn't tell us how this one uh, this one would wrap. Well. When we talk about the trade deadline, we're going to talk about that they traded the back half of their bullpen. So now it's all of a sudden, it, it's welcome to being a closer. And so spin the wheel, see what you got. Eric Ullman is going to be in the game, and Paul Goldschmidt will ground out. Look at that. But then back-to-back -back walks to Nolan Arenado and Paul DeYoung. Paul DeYoung of the 132 batting average. I banged my head when that happened. And then Lars Newtbar with the walk-off single, and the Cubs lose a heartbreaker 4-3. to three. 
That was the chance, Crowley. That was the chance for the Cubs and for us and for the listeners of this uh, podcast, the Fly the W, to have that moment, especially after, like you had mentioned, the Cubs fans that took the trip down to boring old St. Louis had to uh, sit around and drink Bud Lights all afternoon when their game got rained out on Wednesday. And crappy pizza. that It's basically crackers with tomato sauce on it. But uh, <laughs> you're looking at Marcus Stroman, and great line. 6.2 innings pitched, five hits, three runs, three earned, zero walks, six Ks. Out of the five hits he gave up, three of them were in the seventh, two homers and the double to Arenado. So the Cubs had nine hits, 14 total bases, eight left on base, one for six with runners in scoring position. Ortega had a good game, three for five with a double. Contreras, two for five with a double and a homer. Horner went two for four, like I said, kind of starting to come out of it. But for Cardinal, for the Cardinals, uh, Michaelis, like I said, not that great. 6.1 innings pitch, eight hits, three runs, zero walks, six Ks. So they look good, but Brendan Donovan was three for three, and you had those homers from Nolan Gorman and Goldschmidt that really changed the outcome of that game. So we move over to game two of the doubleheader. That was a day-night doubleheader, so a uh, 6.45, I believe, uh, I believe start for that one, or at least the pregame was on at 6.45. First pitch was a little after 7 o'clock, whatever it was. It doesn't matter. And the, the Cubs had an uh, odd choice. It was the old TBD as we had wrapped up the uh, last podcast. Obviously, the trade deadline was approaching, so maybe that was part of why it was TBD. But uh, interesting choice. As far as a, uh, I don't know if you even call it a starter, Crawley, more of an opener, if you will. An opener, Sean Newcomb up from Iowa. And the Cardinals made some trades in the trade deadline. Not the big one we were thinking, but they got Jose Quintana, and I thought of you instantly, Dustin. Yes, yes. <laughs> I, I, shook, I, shook, I shook my head, and I could only hope uh, that this goes as poorly uh, for Jose uh, down south as it did uh, for him as a Cub. And what, you know, again, he wasn't as bad as, as I would like to say, it's just, it was, he wasn't, he was barely good. He was average at best. And it just all goes back to what they gave up to get him. He was a four or five and you needed him to be a two. Yep. That's exactly. That's, that's the best way to look at it. Right. And and they gave up, they gave up, you know, they gave up an arguably a two, if not an ACE and an everyday player for a guy that just did not deliver. Nope, but he delivered for the Cardinals, and you knew that was going to happen. Top of the first two outs, just like in the first game of the doubleheader, a solo home run. This time, Patrick Wisdom is 20th. Cubs out to an early one nothing lead. That is very short-lived. In the bottom of the first two outs, Paul Goldschmidt singles. And this is why sometimes you got to pitch to Arenado, because Nolan Arenado's right behind him, and he homers. And Nolan Arenado had a good series, too, so... Now you're down two to one, and you have a pitcher's duel the rest of the way. The Cubs bullpen was doing pretty good. You get to the top of the seventh. Jordan Hicks pitching. Patrick Wisdom walks. A wild pitch moves him to second. Sayo walks. Neil Nico grounds out, so Suzuki's out at second. But you have runners at the corners, one out. Nico steals second. You have runners at second and third with only one out. Nelson Velasquez hits a ball that goes off Hicks' glove, uh, and that kind of bounces to Paul DeYoung. He double clutches, and everybody's safe. Wilson scores. Cubs tied at two. And so now you have runners at uh, first and second with one out. Schwindel hits into an inning-ending double play. It was a nice play by Arenado, who was running, got the ball. Really nice play. Yeah, he he tagged uh, Nico and threw it to first. But, again, once again, you had a chance to kind of get some runs, get some momentum. It doesn't happen. And then – the next half of the inning, the Cardinals come in. 
Kervin Castro comes into the game. So you're going to see a lot of new names. Cubs picked him up on the waiver wire from San Fran. Tommy, Tommy Edmond singles, steals second, Goldschmidt walks. Shockingly, Arenado grounds into a double play, and you're, you know, Edmond goes to third, and you're thinking maybe they get out of it. But then he walks Nolan Gorman, and then Tyler O'Neill home run homers, and the Cubs trail five to two. The uh, Cardinals will add at the bottom of the eighth with one out, Lars Newtbar walks Dylan Carlson doubles Tommy Edmond doubles and the Cubs trail seven to two but again a close game until the seventh it ends seven to two but uh that that'll complete the sweep for uh Sean Newcomb three innings pitch five hits two runs one homer uh but the Cubs offense two hits five total bases three left on base one for five with runners in scoring position wisdom one for two at the homer and Nelson Velasquez one for two at the walk for the Cardinals, Jose Quintana, six innings pitch, one hit, one run, two walks, seven Ks. They were that's 10. A, <laughs> that's a nice line, Crowley. That's a nice line. You'd love, we'd love to have a Cub pitcher with a line like that. Crowley, did you also notice, and I know you did, but um, did you notice who was playing uh, second base last night in the, in the second half of that doubleheader and batting ninth for the Cubs? Yeah, we, uh, you know, you know, it's, I'm just looking at the lineup and kind of just saying to myself, this is, I have some thoughts on some of this stuff going on really quick here, but Nick magical, Nicky, two strikes back. And, uh, you know, he's got his bobblehead day coming up. So how exciting. Keep it. You can keep it. And again, another, another strikeout. I mean, this guy is going to have, this guy is going to have like a record year for him as far as strikeout rate and the whole the whole selling point on this guy is the guy all never strikes out he's always putting the bat on the ball yada 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 i mean i'm quoting theo again offense is broke the offense right now is absolutely broke crawley and 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 the the one hope that cubs had is that we would have a uh big trade deadline and and instead we had the stunner that we did <laughs> 